Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. This is BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy. Don't just think about a fantasy tonight. <clears throat> no, um... Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll take Toby Gerhardt for Matt Forte, you son of a... That's more like it. It's This Week in Fantasy. With Tony Casali from FFToolbox.com, James Seltzer from RotoWire.com, and your host... This guy sucks. John Barchard. We are in the midst of training camp, preseason games, and God damn, can we smell that NFL action just coming around here. Uh, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Fantasy as we are going to talk quarterbacks uh, and probably, just as we're recording this on uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, Geno Smith getting knocked out <laughs> by, I can't even pronounce his name, I've only seen pictures, but he's built like a Greek god and whatever happened here is uh, is is not a good thing. Geno Smith gets knocked out for six to ten weeks. We're going to get into that. Plus, uh, talk QB rankings, things we notice in training camp, all that good stuff. As uh, we say hello to the guys, what's going on, guys? Oh, hey. hello, John. Hey, John. That was kind of an awkward uh, throw to both of us at the same <laughs> really, time. Just go. Just I thought start we were talking. used to that by now. Like it was just one, and then you get one, and then the other. But well, you know, we're still we're we too are still in training camp, trying to get. Everything together here is uh, James is uh, getting loaded up. To, uh, his hippie self is going to go enjoy the sweet tunes of fish tonight here in Philadelphia. And uh, Tony is in the midst of moving to the East Coast. So we'll actually be, uh, you know, closer together here. But uh, James, let's start with this <laughs> this ridiculous story that just, I don't know, kind of blew up Twitter as we're, as we're doing here. Geno Smith gets knocked out cold uh, over God knows what for six to ten weeks. <laughs> It was over $600, and Rex Ryan claimed him the next day. You know, not that we had Geno Smith high on our boards or anything like that, but it certainly makes it interesting. And uh, I don't know. What do you make of this whole thing here, James? John, I'm just surprised his his jaw got broken. When I knocked you out like a couple weeks ago, you were, you know... You took it, but you were fine from an take injury. Take a punch. That is one yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know do. if he has a glass jar. What? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I can't pronounce the guy's name either. But we get pictures of that guy. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised Gino didn't die from getting punched from that guy. Yeah. That guy's a monster. Um, but yeah, I think from that perspective, I don't think it's a huge loss. I'm sure there's people out there who were looking at Gino as a, as a sleeper kind of guy. 
you know, there's some weapons there, maybe the, the opportunity to actually break out. But personally, I didn't have Gino very high on my list. He was outside my top 25 quarterbacks before this injury. So uh, I don't think it's a huge loss from a fantasy perspective. And I think at least for the for the skilled position players on the Jets, who, again, you know, not guys you're drafting in the very early rounds to begin with. But if you are taking a shot on them later, I, I don't think their production is going to slip too much with Fitzpatrick behind center. Not that he's any good, but but you know he can get it out to the receivers. He's a, a an NFL quarterback for what that's worth. So um, I, I don't think it's too much of a fantasy impact here either way. A Kemifuna and M. Kapali. Yeah, there it is. Is the outside linebacker. <laughs> wow, nailed it. I'm pretty sure that this guy was just a sleeper cell planted there by Bill Belichick early in the season. And then in the next two weeks, he will be in Patriots camp. Yeah, or, or um, just or like as, a, as a camp Rex Ryan type of move. Like yeah, or, or, or possibly on the Bills. But that really seems like a Belichick sort of move. Unless he was. He's second year. He could be he could be a Rex Ryan holdover and we might see him on the Bills come uh, a couple of weeks from now. Uh, yeah, not too much fantasy impact. Uh, obviously, you know, I agree with everything James says. Fitz, Gino, I mean, you know, obviously uh, they, they, you know, talk a good game about Gino being on the rise. And that might be all well and good, but certainly wasn't going to be making my fantasy team or anybody who listens to us fantasy team. Yeah, it's something we said on the Mothership show just, you know, just the other day here, too, is just like, look, guys, when you're when you're reading some of these fantasy reports and all this other good stuff and. The more access that reporters have, the more positive the story. And I think that's just kind of where you see all these things coming out, especially here with Geno Smith and all that. We don't have to worry about it now. But, hey, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, still bad as a backup quarterback in your fantasy lineup. So I think I would avoid him at all costs here. But we are talking quarterbacks this week, James. And, uh, you know, we're going to go through just like we've been doing for the past couple of weeks. We're going to go through uh, the different tiers, kind of see where we agree and disagree. I'm, I'm pretty sure this quarterback's going to be pretty much even across all of our boards. So I'm interesting how this is going to work out. But, you know, James, who are the, who are the first, to, uh, you know, the obvious ones are going to be Rodgers, your, your Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, all that other good stuff. Uh, but uh, any uh, any difference in uh, in the top five from anyone's unusual uh, uh, other top five, James? It's like a long-winded question I could ask. Yeah, you did it seconds. really bad. You're terrible at the tosses today, John. You got to get your shit together. Um, <laughs> all right. No, I, I think the way it works out that um, clearly Luck and uh, Aaron Rodgers are at the top of the list. I, I have Luck one and Rodgers two, but could see it going either way. I think, you know, either guy is worthy of that top spot. And then I think there's a significant drop uh, within that top five. I, I think Luck and Rodgers are clearly a tier above everybody else. Uh, then you, I think those next three-ish or so, I know Matt. some people have Matt Ryan in that top five area. I certainly do not. Um, I have Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning right in there in that order. And I could put any of those three in any order. I could see you going Brees, Manning, Wilson, uh, you know, Manning, Brees, Wilson, Manning, Wilson, Brees, however you want to do it. I think they're all kind of right there. Uh, but I think that top five is pretty solid, at least in my mind. I think there's a significant drop off from where I have Manning at five down to Ryan at six. So uh, for me, it's Luck Rogers than everybody else. I do think that Ryan is closer to Manning, Brees, and Russell uh, Wilson than Russell and and Breeze are to those top two guys, but still, I think that top five is pretty pretty defined for me. Yeah, and I agree with you with the top two tiers. I think Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers are the only two people that you should consider drafting in that you know whatever first 
late first round, early second round uh, uh, type of type of tiers there. And I agree with you on Matt Ryan and, and the rest. I think that, and especially with just kind of what he gives you in value. I mean, there's probably a, a decent amount of gap between when he's selected, I'd say like three or four rounds, and he could get you relatively close to, to what those guys are bringing out. I still think Russell Wilson's going a little bit high right now, but yeah, Tony, where are you with the, with your quarterback tiers here? Yeah, my, I'm close with some of these. The only name that I haven't heard that I actually have in the top five is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. I've got him jumping into the top five and I actually have breeze on the outside looking in uh, at number six. And I actually do have him as a little bit of a fall off from the uh, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, Roethlisberger, uh, tier there. I think Breeze might have a little bit of a down year. That being said, being the sixth overall quarterback isn't a bad season. It's about where he was last year. Uh, picks were up last year. They keep sort of trending, you know, in that direction. Some of the talent's going to be gone. Not a, not a, you know, I still think that Drew Breeze is an excellent quarterback, an excellent professional quarterback, but I think as a, a, a fantasy commodity a little bit less. Obviously, he's going to have the yards. He always has the yards. Um, I just think touchdown production is going to be lower. Interceptions seem to be a little bit higher. Uh, so I like Roethlisberger over Breeze this year, and that would end up that would uh, be the end of my second into my uh, the beginning of my next year. Ryan, I'm a little bit more down on than you guys. Uh, I like him. Obviously, he's got a lot of talent around him. Uh, I do have. A couple of people ahead of him. I've actually got Ryan all the way down at nine. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, which would be uh, my my big surprise probably right there is the two guys that I've got before him, Tony Romo. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. Uh, obviously, they've both got you know superstar top tier number one receivers to throw to. Uh, I like Romo's line and his protection a little bit better. Uh, and then my I, I guess probably my biggest surprise or the guy that I'm highest on. Uh, that other people aren't that I think you can get for a fantastic value is Eli Manning this year. Uh, I have him jumped up at number eight overall. Obviously, I don't think you should draft him early, but I think <laughs> if you were the type of person who wanted to wait and wait and wait on a quarterback, his ADP is somewhere in the 10th or 11th round right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you wait, I think he's going to have an outstanding season. Yeah, in some places he's going about eighth or ninth round. Uh, so I think 10th is, is very fair. I don't have him quite that high as far as Eli Manning goes. I got him. Got him right in between. I got that. I basically have them all sandwiched in. Tony Romo, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, uh, you know, like 11, 12, 13 uh, type of stuff there. I actually have Phillip Rivers above those guys. I don't know if that's kind of crazy or not. And I'm with you on Drew Brees. I just think that there's, he lost, he lost a lot of stuff, you know. Um, I don't think CJ Spiller and the and that backfield that they have there is going to gonna really help him, you know, uh, take it, take it a little easier, and make those passing lanes open to, to I don't know whoever he's throwing. Marquise Colston at this point, um, who looks like he's pretty much on his way out. So I, I agree. I think it's a little tough for, uh, for him to be there. I'm not exactly sure he finishes sixth. I have him a little lower than that at at nine. And I don't know. Yeah, where's it? Kind of where's your uh, third tier start here, James? Where's uh, where do you have uh, right now? Well, that's a good point. I actually have Ryan and, and Big Ben at six and seven in my second tier, and and I could, I almost put Ben in front of him, and I could see going Ben over Ryan. Uh, but I have a lot of those names you just mentioned with uh, Cam and Romo and Brady right in that little tier there. I, I think that's where I would cut it off. I think Brady would be higher for me, obviously, if there weren't so much mysteries surrounding whether he's actually going to be suspended, whether the suspension will hold, all that kind of stuff. Assuming he's suspended at all, you have to knock him down just a little bit. So uh, that's why Brady's so low down. And uh, 
it, it kind of cuts off there for me. That third tier is really Tannehill, Rivers, Eli, and Stafford. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those names you mentioned, I, I like Eli too. I think a lot of these names, once you get past, I mean, really, once you get past Luck and Rogers, there are questions about everybody. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So, uh, you know, would it be shocking? I have Eli as 13th on my list. Would it be shocking to see him be a top five guy this year? No, it wouldn't. I mean, with Beckham there, with Vereen, with the way that offense wants to run, there's a ton of potential there. And I totally get why Tony's high on him. So I think once you get past those two guys and obviously this just middle tier, I feel a lot of these guys are really similar. The Romos, the Rivers, the Bradys, the, the Elis. I, I could see going either way on any of those guys. For me, I have it stacked up as Ryan at six, Ben at seven, Cam at eight, Romo at nine, Brady at 10, Tannehill 11, Rivers 12, Eli 13, Stafford 14. But again, you know, it's it's really mix and match with that group. Yeah, and, and just to go back to Eli there for a second, I really do agree with his potential and upside only because I don't think the Giants are going to be anything great. I think they're going to be playing behind a lot of the time. Even so, just like you said, you've got all those different weapons uh shane vereen is is great for ppr when you know he's not fumbling the ball <laughs> and all this yeah, other good and, stuff. The, and the mcadoo offense they, yeah. they want to kind of head towards up tempo it's not chip kelly or anything but they're going to move quick they're going to throw the ball a lot there's a lot of opportunity for eli to rack up points yeah and i have i have ryan Tannehill right under eli manning and it's kind of the same premise i just think that they're as much as you know i shit on bill laser and all those other guys that are down there i think that this could be uh, a decent year for Ryan Tannehill. Don't think he's going to be a top five guy by any means, but maybe a top 10 uh, just with the the weapons that are surrounding him with. They're trying to revamp that offensive line down there. Uh, they have somewhat of a semblance of a running game to take the pressure off of there. So, yeah, I, I have him there. Uh, and then it kind of goes off into uh, the next fourth tier. Uh, I'm curious, as though, Tony, where does your third tier kind of cut off here? Well, my third tier cuts off at nine, at the ninth player. So I had Ryan on one side of it and then Rivers at 10, right on the other side of it. Then, you know, like James was saying, some of this is a little bit muddied uh, uh, because, again, there's questions or there could be questions about all of them. I've got Brady all the way down at 13. And I think part of the reason is I expect him to be out for those four games. I don't yeah. I don't see how he's not going to be. Obviously, the legal system will play out and, and, and perhaps he won't. Um, yeah, it's the first four games and you're looking for somebody who's going to be there in your championship. But here's the problem with that. Let's say that the injunction, uh, that they do get the injunction and the suspension doesn't begin right away and that he gets to play while they deal with the legal problems here. But let's say that the suspension then is held up. Then he's got to serve the suspension at another time. Maybe it's a little bit later in the season, and maybe it's when you really need him there. So with all those question marks, obviously the talent's there, obviously the team's around him. But right now, if you're drafting in the next couple of weeks, I've kind of got my hands off of him until about the 13th overall. And then a name that you guys have been talking about a little bit, uh, a little bit earlier, who I have finishing out my uh, fourth tier there, is Cam Newton. I've actually, I've got him all the way down at 14. I'm not uh, nearly as high on Cam Newton as some of the other experts I've seen. Uh, you know, we've seen him, you know, seven, eight, nine, up until, you know, as much as 12, 13. I've got him down at 14. I do not like the numbers that he's produced over the past couple of years. I like Calvin Benjamin, but I still think that they're going to be a, you know, a ground and pound defense team. I think he will get you some numbers on the ground. I think it's going to be less. I think they're going to try and protect him more. Uh, so he's going to have to rely on his arm more and more. But, you know, listen to some of these numbers, the things that he's done in the past couple of years. 
3,800 yards was his rookie year, but he hasn't come close to that since then. 3,300, 3,100 last year. 3,100 yards and 18 touchdowns is not a top 12 quarterback. And I have no reason to believe that that's really going to change. Now, each of the last three years, too, is his numbers uh, rushing the ball have decreased, as they should, as he gets a little bit older. 740, 585, 539. Touchdowns decreased each of the last three years. Eight, six, five. Uh, I really believe that these these trends are, if they're not going to continue, I don't think they're going to rebound. Yeah, so, no, yeah not at all. And, and that's like, that's one thing you got to lo- realize here is like, yeah, they are, I mean, whatever. They're, Devin Funches is there to try, try and build some some kind of wide receiver core. But I mean, it, it, I mean, it really looks like they're just, <laughs> drafting blockers out there uh and and even then they're not even that great at doing that so there's again there's nothing really to throw to that you can feel confident in other than greg olson uh you know they lose one of the running backs and not, not that really makes a, that much of a difference um but yeah i agree with you tony i mean if you're if you're trying to stretch out for cam newton let people take him i've seen people that have him as high as six and that's right now that's pr- pretty much where he's going is like six seventh round all that other good stuff let somebody take him you know and th- that's what i'm saying like tony's point with eli manning absolutely that's a that's an incredible steal if you can get you know eli in the eighth ninth tenth round normally when those you know third or fourth tier quarterbacks start going off i'm also on that on that tom brady train big time i'd actually probably put him above uh now that i'm thinking about it i'd probably i'd probably tick him up just a little bit even if you have to stash him for just a little bit longer those four weeks whatever there's still a, you know, a, a bunch of different guys that can get you through the first four weeks of the season. Even if you have to rock, you know, whoever it is, Derek Carr, or Marcus Mariota, Carson Palmer, some somebody around that, even Andy Dalton for the first four weeks. Because here's my theory. Tom Brady is pissed off, like really badly pissed off. So anytime that anybody's got a chip on his shoulder, especially with the type of guy that Tom Brady is, and we all know that the type of guy that Bill Belichick is, I, I'm I'm I, I'm actually not like hoping that it is the full four games, but I I, I really think Brady's going to be so incredibly pissed off that he puts up amazing numbers through that last you know from week five on that I I think I have him a little higher there. And James, I don't know if you you know any of your thoughts on on Brady or you know uh, Cam Newton, any of that good stuff, my friend. Yeah, I love that. I'm a big believer, especially with this Patriots team. I think we've seen it multiple times where they'll have some sort of of you know issue, conspiracy, whatever it is, and then they come back in fu mode. Like that's what they do. And I could totally see Brady just coming back and being like, "Screw all of you." I'm about to show you why I'm, uh, you know, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I, I can totally see that. And also, when you think about it, just from a, a, you know, filling in replacement level, like ultimately, right? If you have Brady, even if he gets suspended for four games, if you have him for the rest of the season, it, it's not just like you just had Brady. You have Brady plus whoever fills in those first four weeks. Uh, so, I mean, even if you go Garoppolo, you take a risk on that guy, you know, if you're going to have Brady. But, I mean, even like the guys we were talking about that are later down on, you know, the outside of the, the QB1 kind of range for the 10 and 12 team leagues, you're looking at guys who it wouldn't be that awful to roll out there for four weeks. Who, who There's upside. The Bradfords, the the Palmers, the Winstons, the Caps. I mean, there's still guys you can get. Roll out for four weeks and put Brady out there and get those guys at a late draft pick. 
where ultimately the combination of those two and whatever you spend to get them ends up being a lot more valuable than just taking someone who's not Brady because of the suspension. Yeah, and James, we'll stick with you on the on the uh, kind of the next uh, next few tiers here, and and I, don't, and I really want to get <laughs> uh, our Chicago boys take on Jay Cutler here because I think he can go in a, in a variety of different spots, and it's still still kind of in the air as far as what John Fox is going to help or not help. I think Jay Cutler's just you know kind of Jay Cutler at this point. Kevin White. Uh, is obviously the help. Uh, Jeffrey's still there uh, to kind of dominate those, you know, throw them up and go get them type of things. Uh, interesting situation with, uh, I'll see a lot of different ADPs with Cutler, Flacco, Bridgewater, Dalton, all kind of shoved together in the same spot. It's pretty much where I have them there. Uh, Jay Cutler leading leading that fourth tier for me. Uh, I'm curious where he is for you. Yeah, I actually have Cutler lower down. I- I'm done with Cutler. I've done it. I've been there. It's every year. It's the he's got the weapons and he's got the arm and he's gonna put up numbers even if they're bad. I'm sick of this guy. I, I just it, for me the upside is not high enough to take the risk of taking him in that tier. I've got him way down at like 24, 25 in my rankings. I'd rather take an upside shot, upside shot on Winston. I'd rather take an upside shot on Bridgewater. Like those wow. are guys that I feel like at least there's something we haven't seen. At least there's an upside there. Whereas Cutler, it's like we're at the point where I know he's got the arm, you know, but I, I think we have to just start saying, all right, he's Jeff George and he's not someone who's going to turn into something special. I, I think that there is enough evidence out there based on this guy's, uh, you know, effort is a, you know, the way he is as a leader, the way he is as a quarterback, what he has going on above the head. And I think we all know, we've talked about it before, that that a lot of playing quarterback in the NFL is not physical talent. That matters. But a, a, a big portion of it is what goes on above the shoulders. And, and I just don't think Cutler has it. Maybe he's not an idiot, but he just, he doesn't react well in these situations. He doesn't, you know, make the right decisions on game day. And I'm just tired of it. I'm done with him. I can't deal with those soap operas. So I have Cutler way down my list. I'd rather take a risk on an upside guy. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the only thing I'll disagree with James on is I'm not sure Teddy Bridgewater's kind of an up, you know, uh, has that upside type of stuff that we're looking for. I know that they want to kind of start stretching out the field, and that's why they made all those trades this year. I don't know. I, I still think they're going to rely more on the Charlie Checkdown and give it to AP type of offense. But you know, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, our, our Chicago expert here and he'll probably just tell it like it is, but are you pretty much the same way with James and Jay Cutler here? Yes and no. Uh, here's the thing. Okay. So now uh, I've got Cutler at 17 overall. Which see, it might seem a little bit high, but I've come to the place now uh, in fantasy. It's like a fantasy Zen, right? Where I've actually divorced Jay Cutler from his own production, <laughs> if that makes any sense whatsoever. But let me explain it. The thing is, the the biggest need that the Bears had in the offseason after Jay Cutler personally destroyed the careers of offensive coordinators and GMs uh, is when they brought these guys in, in the draft and you go through off seasons, they did nothing to address their biggest problem, which wasn't Jay Cutler. It was the defense. This is one of the worst defenses over the past two seasons. There's maybe one or two pieces of that defense from the last two years that are must-haves for the next season. After that, it's an absolute free-for-all. And they were bad. Nothing changed. There's no reason to believe that the Bears' defense, even with Vic Fangio, even with John Fox, you still need the players. And they just don't have them. They might be a little bit better with those uh, you know, defensive minds there. But Cutler is going to have to throw the ball. They are going to be down a lot. 
and they have a lot of people to throw it to. If you're the kind of guy who's okay with the interceptions because you're still going to rack up all those garbage yards and garbage touchdowns, which we will do because we're going to lose 41 to 24 each game. (laughs) You're going to need to, and I say we, and I shouldn't do that because that sort of lets everything, you know, sort of. You know, it's, it's a little bush league. It here, it's a little bush league. It's, <laughs> it's cool. a little bush, but it just comes out sometimes. It tumbles out of my mouth in that way. But I think that sort of uh, underlines and underscores what I'm talking about here. I've seen it happen. I, you know, you you get invested in these games and you watch them very closely. He will throw the ball around in the third and fourth quarter. He's going to have the yards. He he typically you know does. He had you know almost four thousand yards last year. His big problem is. Like you were saying, it's between the years. I don't think that it's really an intelligence thing. I think he's just too emotional and doesn't handle his emotions well. He would probably benefit uh, from a sports psychologist. Uh, What do I know about that? But it just that's what it looks like. You can see the body language. Uh, And so I totally understand if people have washed their hands with him. Uh, I absolutely understand if you wash your hands with Jay Cutler. Um, but I have him a little higher because I think he's still going to get a little bit of a chance to throw some of those fourth quarter yards and fourth quarter touchdowns. Yeah, I I, I love those points. I think that's a very fair point. They're going to be down in games. They're going to be scoring points. But uh, things that worry me, uh, just to kind of add on here, Kevin White's still not healthy. It seems like they, they don't really have an excuse for why he's not on the field yet. It's not that big a deal, but we haven't seen him yet. That worries me a touch, especially because he's a kind of receiver who's kind of raw, and I think he's going to need that time to really develop and, and get into that role. Uh, and, and then on top of that, I, just going back to the other point, you can say we if you're talking about your fantasy team, Tony. Yes. Your fantasy team. <laughs> and he likely will not be a part of it. So, yeah. So <laughs> Good. Good. All right. That was it. I just don't see any different. I know we're, we're going to get off of Jay Cutler here, but I just don't see where – I don't know. I'm, I think I'm okay with any of these guys at this point. You feel like Cutler's better than Flacco? Go for it. You think Dalton's going to you know, be there? Maybe even RG3? Like, there's, I That's think, exactly right, John. I think exa- the, it's I think it's, it's all the same here. Yeah, you, you're going to have those those bad, awful games, and then you're going to have those 30-point games. You're going to have 16 points. I think the only thing that might be consistent maybe out of this group is Carson Palmer, like we were talking about. But again, that's that's not really... I don't know. I don't know if that's really boomer bust either. That's kind of like your 17 to 24 point range, depending on what kind of league you're playing and, and all that other good stuff. So I think there's consistent stuff there. I mean, we could, I could really try and sell you on Alex Smith, but I'm not going to do that because I'd punch my own face uh, if I tried to sell you on Alex Smith. But um, just to get into the Homer atmosphere here, uh, and I'm starting to notice the ADP rise of this guy, and Tony's already mentioned him. Yes. But Sam Bradford is, again, turning heads and training camp here in Philadelphia. I know there's a lot of people that are, we're already kind of very high on, on him going in here. So Tony, you're the outsider. I know we've talked about him before just a little bit here, but um, I'm, I personally am starting to get very excited at the notion of Sam Bradford being in your fantasy lineup, even if it's only for five weeks, because I think there's, there's a lot of great potential steal when he's, you know, I'm looking at his ADPs anywhere from the 10th to the 14th round here. Uh, but I, I, I think that's a guy you can kind of sit and wait for and just collect all the other 
assets around you. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Sam Bradford. I love Sam Bradford. I've got him ranked right now. And again, it's with upside. I've got him ahead of the Cutlers, the Bridgewaters. I've got him ahead of Flacco. Uh, I've got him right there, Carson Palmer. I think the only thing I've got with Carson Palmer over him is the consistency. You sort of already know what you're going to get. With Bradford, though, it's a bit of an excitement, right? Because uh, every year in St. Louis, you'd hear, you know, St. Louis fans be like, ah, he sucks. He's, you know, get him out of here. This is the perfect thing that could have happened for him, right? He gets to get out of there. It's a it's a great place for him. Uh, people are excited about him. He gets the opportunity to be the guy again. It's like uh, being drafted number one all over again, except maybe, I don't know, you're in Philly, the pressure's a lot, but he's older now. He's more mature. If this kid can stay healthy, and I really hope he does, because what a, you know, what a, what a terrible way to have your career go, just being filled with injuries and not really being, uh, uh, sort of a manifestation of what it is you're actually capable of doing. I think when he can play up to his capabilities and in the right offense uh, and protected, I think he could. I think he can absolutely end up the season as a top ten quarterback. Uh, I, I think it remains to be seen whether he will. Uh, um, so that's why I've got him all the way down to fifteen. But I have no problem uh, drafting him later in my, in my season. The only problem is if you're drafting with, uh, some excited Philly guys, uh, you might be going a little bit early. That's true. That's true. James, uh, you know, I, I know we've been hyped up on it, but uh, Sam Bradford in fantasy, where are you at, man? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I actually have him 15 right after that, that third tier for me, right after Stafford. And as this preseason, you know, training camp time plays out, I, I can only see myself raising him. Uh, you know, the reports, John, we're Philly guys, the reports you hear from guys who are down there, guys who are seeing him every day is that, you know, we haven't seen an arm and accuracy and arm strength in Philadelphia like this in a long time. And I think there's just so much potential with this offense. If the kid can stay healthy, you know, uh, you know, I think we mentioned it before on this podcast, but, you know, if you look at Matthew Berry's uh, 100 facts for the season – uh, since Chip Kelly took over in 2013, Eagles quarterbacks have combined to score 594 fantasy uh-huh. points, which is 18.6 per game. And during that span, the only quarterbacks with fantasy points more than the quote-unquote Eagles QB are Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Andrew Luck. That's a lot of freaking points. And I think that that there's a lot of upside if you take Sam Bradford. And, and I'm not a big uh, handcuffed quarterbacks guy, but I, I mentioned it before with Garoppolo. And, and in this case, it would make even more sense. This might be one of those spots where if you do go for Bradford and you go for that upside, take Mark Sanchez. He's going to be valuable if Bradford goes down. Maybe not as much from a real NFL perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, the dude's going to put up points. So I, I think this general Eagles quarterback spot could really have a lot higher upside than where it's yeah, going. Yeah, and I actually think along with that point, I'm fine with who you want to draft him and Sanchez almost kind of like back-to-back or whenever it kind of falls in your draft here. But just to go back to Tony's point from earlier, if you have Eli Manning and you have Sam Bradford on your fantasy football team, I think that's a pretty good pretty good combination. That's a guy that can rely on that, you know, is going to be pretty consistent. And then you also have your upside guy with Sam Bradford. Here's the other thing, too, with Sam Bradford. These guys in this offense, the wide receivers, the running backs, all that other good stuff, uh, you know, you look for Sproles in the slot uh, uh, this year. Uh, they didn't have, the Eagles didn't have a lot of depth at the running back position, so you're going to have uh, uh, the ability for Sproles to get a lot of yards after the catch. Josh Huff, the same thing. Jordan Matthews, the same thing. When you look at Sam Bradford's game, uh, the arm is great and the downfield accuracy is is phenomenal. But also in this offense, you got to remember, it's really kind of where he places the ball. And his ball placement 
makes these wide receivers and everybody else that much more valuable because you're talking about five to 10 yard, whatever it is, crossing patterns, anything else like that in the middle of the field, running a post, et cetera, et cetera. It's always in the stride. So that's one of the things that's very exciting for the upside of not only the quarterbacks, but anybody who's catching the ball there, something really to kind of look out for because it's not, I'm not going to say that he doesn't have to do much. It's just that there's that extra ability of the yak where he's not having to chuck the ball down the field to hit Deshaun Jackson every, you know, 10 plays or whatever it is. So definitely something to keep in mind here. Uh, Tony, I'm curious with the rest of your board, is there anybody just because we kind of want to keep this uh, as light and wrap it up as uh, wrap it up here, but anybody that you're just completely staying away from here? Yeah, there's, you know, there's a couple of them. And I think a lot of those are, are probably pretty obvious. If you're in a redraft league, I'm not really all that high on the rookies. I, I know they, they're going to have, I think that uh, Winston's got a lot better opportunity uh, because of the receivers that he's got around him than uh, Mariota. Uh, but in general, I'm staying away from the rookies and redrafts, although Winston would move up my board a bit, uh, actually probably quite a bit in a dynasty league. Uh, I am staying away from Kaepernick this year. I've got him yep. down. Yep. Uh, I've got him in the 20s. He's still in my top 25, uh, but I just know myself when it comes to the draft time uh, and I have not picked my backup quarterback yet. I'd probably skip him. I'll probably go with another name. I'll probably end up with uh, Alex Smith instead. Because honestly, he just he's 23 on my list. I've actually, you know, I'm looking at it and thinking about it. I've got him behind Kaepernick. Uh, I like the receivers that he's got in there now. I like Kelsey. I like what they're doing uh, with, you know, with a couple of receivers there. They've got a chance to actually throw the ball a little bit and actually catch the ball a little bit. Maybe even throw a touchdown to a wide receiver. Hey, how about that? It yeah. seems a, it seems like <laughs> it seems some a little pretty, ridiculous. Seems a little far out. <laughs> it's a little far out, uh, but it's a thing that uh, it's a thing that could happen. So I, Kaepernick, I'm down on. Don't see him on my team. Um, and yeah, and Robert Griffin. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm not. I'm. He's he's likely not going to be on my team. Do I think he's a terrible quarterback? No, but I think there's way too many question marks. Uh, I'm not really all that interested in having him uh, even as a backup. I've got him right at the 25th. Spot. Yeah, and I'm the same way with you. And if you, if there if you need even more, kind of you know just. <laughs> I mean, their GM came out today and said we're not going to be a we're not going to be good. <laughs> we are not going to be good. And when you have that dumpster fire that's already there and the heat between the owner and Jay Gruden and all that other stuff. It's just, it's just not worth it. The other guy that I'm I, I, basically, I put those all as streamers. I kind of have Alex Smith as more of a streamer than I do a backup. Uh, the same with Derek Carr, uh, the Blake Bortles, and I'm even going to add Nick Foles to that list. Sorry guys. I know that, that Nick Foles is primarily going to be a, a, a matchup basis, uh, almost emergency style. I just don't see him. It's not really anything against Nick Foles, even though I kind of have that bias already that I don't think he's that great. But just going into that St. Louis Rams offense, just the un, unpredictability of that offensive line, their weapons on the outside. On top of that, he's probably only going to throw the ball like 20, 25 times a game. So really just a matchup basis for Nick Foles in the streaming world. Same with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, depending on what happens in Cleveland, all that other good stuff. Anybody you're staying away from here, James? Uh, no, I think those were great points there. Uh, you know, I think unless you're getting points for Foles handing the ball off to Todd Gurley, <laughs> uh, I think you might want to stay away from him. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there. I, I agree with really all the points you guys made. Uh, Griffin is another guy that I'm very leery of. Obviously, I think there is a certain point in any draft where you have to consider those types of guys those guys who do have the higher upside and, and if they were healthy and if 
things worked out, there, there is the chance that they could, get, you know, you would have to say that 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 the best season that Robert Griffin III can have from a fantasy perspective is probably better than the best season that Alex Smith can have from a fantasy perspective. But I still feel the same way. I still feel safer taking Smith. Um, so, so that's certainly something you have to consider. Uh, I do think that if Jeremy Macklin getting a uh, you know five years, fifty-five million, does not catch a touchdown this season, people aren't going to be very happy with that one. <laughs> no, not at all. My guess. So, I guess that streak will end as well. But I really just echoing the thoughts. I think it's really going to be interesting. I feel like this is the first year in a while where we don't have any um, stud second-year quarterbacks. If you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. like you know uh, Bridgewater. Like I said, I, I seem to like him more than you guys. But there's upside there. Bortles and Carr and all these guys. There's there's upside. But there's none of them where you just feel like, you know, none of them are even really the the chic, sexy sleeper type picks. Bridgewater, maybe a little, but um, it, it just feels like there isn't that that kind of new wave of of top tier guys this season uh, that, you know, which is is kind of interesting. Yeah. And that just kind of as wrapping up, I mean, that's pretty much what we're all going to agree on is just wait, wait, <laughs> wait on quarterbacks. There, There's uh, there's plenty of different combinations here. I think we kind of address that in the fourth tier there. If you have to get stuck with whatever, a Flacco Carson Palmer situation, that's fine. Don't be afraid to stream either. I think that's okay. I think people need to get more into that. Uh, yeah, I, I, John, if, John, to jump in, I agree with you, and I would be all right with that, but I do think that I know you guys are a little downer on, on Winston than I am, but if you're going to do something like a Flacco Palmer, like why not try Palmer Winston, or why not try and get no, that, that kind too, of – that too. That too. Get someone who's got that – who knows kind of upside with Evans and, and Jackson on the outside. You never know what that kid could do. So, you know, if you're going to do that, maybe take one solid guy you can count on and one guy who's, who's got some, you know, high ceiling type potential. Yeah. yeah and all, all that being said, though, when we say wait, you know, it's still with a caveat. I mean, wait until you shouldn't. Right. I mean, yes, you know, if, and exactly. if Aaron Rodgers, if you have a league of waiters, I mean, if you've got a league of, uh, you know, fantasy experts and they all decide that they're going to wait on quarterbacks, then, you know, Russell Wilson's still there in the fifth round. Take him. You know, you don't have to wait if. Uh, opportunity presents itself. Keep keep an eye on your ADPs. You know what I mean. Yeah. Keep an eye. See what's going on. And uh, and you know if people go nuts for quarterbacks, just jump. Don't don't jump into that run. Yeah, exactly. And then just more. And just the final thought for me there. Exactly. Like if Peyton Manning's still hanging around in the fourth round, like pull the trigger. <laughs> you know, because that, obviously that means that the market's getting flooded up with something else. So just you know, and it, it's basically with everything. You just have to go with. You got to zig when everybody else is zagging. You got to find that value there where, hey, you know, that's 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 what I have to do next and make sure you're not reaching because that's when you get into real trouble. You uh, let the dra- let the draft come to you. Yeah, exactly. Don't go Very in saying, I'm going to take a wide receiver in the third round and a running back in the fourth round, a quarterback in the fifth round. Yeah. You can't do that. You don't, don't know who's going to be there. You have, exactly. You have to you have to stick to best player available, especially in those first four, five, six rounds and just Build the best team you can based on who's available when it's your time to pick. That's right. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up there, guys, but uh, we'll be back next week with more training camp talk. And obviously, we get our first looks at pretty much everybody in the NFL this weekend, uh, preseason weekend. It's almost around the corner, folks. For myself, John Barchard, for Mr. James Elter, and Tony Casali, thank you so much for listening to This Week in Fantasy right here at BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.